A simple email can really make an impact, and that's what happened when Carmen Berry emailed me. She works at Operation Food Search, and she's been listening to the podcast and listening to my struggles about our oldest daughter, Lou, and her pickiness and how she's not a great eater. So she emailed me with a bunch of different suggestions and ideas, and I thought, you know what? There are other parents that are experiencing the same things as me with their children, I had to get Carmen Berry on to share her knowledge with you in this week's episode. Blondin Professional Real Estate is a family-owned boutique-style brokerage with over 40 years experience serving the counties that surround St. Louis. See how their approach to real estate will help you by visiting blondinrealestate.com. What happens when you put a career-focused woman with two kids trying to balance home and work life in a room with a microphone? Lots of laughter, tears, and great advice. I'm Jill Devine and welcome to Two Kids and a Career. I think I've said this a few times with season three. We've definitely been talking about food a lot more on this season. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Like some people are really connected to food and it's a positive experience. Some aren't as connected with food and it could be a negative experience. But overall, food is such an important part of our lives. And I don't know why it took until season three for me to really start diving into food and the importance uh, as it heals our body, but also can bring us joy. So with all of that being said, recently on my social media, and I've talked about this in other episodes, I posted a picture of me and my oldest daughter, Lou, and I'm trying to involve her in the kitchen more because she is our can eat chicken nuggets with french fries and ranch and ketchup all day, every day. And that's about it. And so I want to get her involved in the kitchen. And I keep hearing the more you get her involved in the kitchen, the more that she's going to want to taste things and try things. And so I had asked in this particular post, if you have any ideas, if you have any suggestions, please send me an email at hello at jilldevine.com. And I got this email and the subject was cooking with kids. And it is from Carmen Berry, who happens to be my guest today. First of all, welcome to the podcast, Carmen. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I was blown away by your email. And I mean, I could copy and paste it, but I will definitely do some because you just had some great stuff in here. But this email... It was so detailed. You wrote me an email based on that post and you just were so thoughtful. Like, I don't think you may realize how amazing this email made me feel like that you really, truly took the time to talk to me about what you do, to talk to me about what I can do to involve the oldest and then obviously keep my youngest involved with the food as well. I just could tell how passionate you are about what you do and how you do it. So I knew I needed to get you on. Um, let's start. We'll we'll talk about this email and different things that you gave me as far as suggestions. But let's start about with what you do. You're a mom. I know that to an eight month old. Let's talk about that. Let's just get your background first before diving into this email you sent me. Sure. So um, I am a mom actually to a nine month old now. Name's Owen. He loves eating food, and it's been really fun for me just to kind of introduce him to different foods. And right now, he's like a huge fan of avocados and, and fresh fruit. 
was really fun oh, to feed him. Love that. Love that so much. Okay, so you're a mom to a nine-month-old, and you're also an aunt to a two- and a four-year-old, so you know what I'm experiencing, but you also work at Operation Food Search. So tell me about that. Yeah, so I'm a registered dietitian. Um, and my role at Operation Food Search, I'm responsible for leading the nutrition education team. So we are out in the community normally um, where we're teaching classes to facilitate and build skills and knowledge that lead to sustained healthy eating habits. Um, so we do hands-on cooking classes, interactive grocery store tours, cooking demonstrations, nutrition presentations, and a lot of different outreach events just like in the community itself kind of being present and um, working hand in hand with the community. Um, this past year, we actually launched our own internal hands-on kids cooking class and it's called Operation Chef. And uh, the chef is an acronym for culinary habits to empower families. So during the six week course, um, we work hand in hand with kids and their ages eight to 12 and they're preparing delicious recipes and they learn new cooking techniques. We kind of weave the nutrition education into all the discussions that we have, um, the cooking lessons in the class, and really every recipe. So it's not a formal nutrition presentation, but it's kind of just, we just talk about it the whole time in the class. Um, we cover different topics like eating a rainbow, fruits and vegetables, increasing whole grain intake, understanding the MyPlate, which is the government guidelines for healthy eating. And then through the use of hands-on and the, the STEAM concepts, which is science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, we have these focused educational activities. So the kids are really having fun while learning about cooking and nutrition. Okay, let's pause there for a second and talk about you and how you even got into this role. Because, I mean, you have to love food, right, in order to be... <laughs> able to teach well and patient to teach kids. So tell me about that. Yeah. So um, I always, I call myself a foodie, I guess, but really from a young age, I was always interested in food. My whole family is very health conscious and science oriented, which really um, kind of transformed me into who I am. So even starting in elementary school, I was attending food preparation classes. Um, like I went to the grocery store um, cooking classes and I did like facts classes in um, middle school and high school. And I carried that all the way through college. So I actually got my bachelor's degree from Mizzou in medical dietetics. And then I started working for a food service company. So I was, again, still working very deeply with food. But I always really had a passion for making a positive impact in the community. So I actually decided to go back to school after a few years after graduating. And I got my master's degree in public health. And that's when I found Operation Food Search, and it kind of was like perfect timing. I just finished my master's degree when I started at Operation Food Search, and now I'm really hands-on in the community using that background knowledge that I have from cooking, just from my life, and also um, from school. Um, and it's really nice to be able to see the impact that I have in the community, um, whether it's working with our food pantry clients or the kids like in um, different schools around the area. So what are you doing right now, considering what's happening with the pandemic? And are you doing virtual classes instead of hands-on? Or how is that working? Yeah, so once the pandemic hit, um, Operation Food Search, we made the decision to, one, no longer allow volunteers in our building because we're trying to limit how many people are in our building itself. We've also canceled all of our in-person classes. 
um, which ended up working out because a lot of those organizations were canceling their classes anyway. Um, so we kind of pivoted and it was like a weird few weeks trying to figure out how to continue to offer nutrition education. And that's when we started doing our Facebook Live cooking demonstrations. So every other Wednesday now I'm on our Facebook page and it's a, a show called Cooking with Carmen. And I'm on there um, with some nutrition education and I'm showing how to make a few recipes. I normally do like two recipes on the show, sometimes three if they're quick and easy. A lot of them are very family friendly and using ingredients that you can find at the grocery store. So I did one where we made pizza and normally in our kids' classes, we use yeast to have the pizza dough rise because that's Mm -hmm. also like a science experiment. So like the kids get to see the microorganism of yeast um, causing the dough to rise and get bigger. Um, But there was no yeast at the grocery store because everybody was was cooking, I guess, or baking. Um, So I like experimented with um, a couple of different recipes using like baking powder and baking soda. And that's the, what I ended up making on the show. So it's trying to use ingredients that are still, um, you you can find at the store. Um, But it's been really interesting kind of pivoting because normally I'm talking to a room full of people and I see facial reactions and we have group discussions and then all of a sudden, I was just in my kitchen because I was working from home, talking to nobody. And it was just my phone there. It was the weirdest transition. With the Facebook Live, so it's every single Wednesday, um, Operation Food Search on Facebook. Then are those videos still there after the Facebook Live in case I can't make it and watch? Yes. So they are automatically recorded and they're still on our Facebook page. But then we also have them on our website. We have um, a little tab on our website about virtual classes and we have all of our past um, episodes and we even do like little quick tip videos, which are under five minutes. Um, It it can be like showing how to make a quick recipe or showing like a different um, unique tip or technique. Um, And those are all on our website as well. Oh, I'll be bookmarking that operationfoodsearch.org. We are going to get back to the kid discussion. But quickly, um, if you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Carmen Berry with the Operation Food Food Search Organization. With the pandemic, I can see that there are a lot of cases where individuals are needing the help of places like Operation Food Search right now. Um, What have you noticed? What can you tell us? Anything in regard to helping out as far as the pandemic goes with individuals? Yeah, so a lot of our partners, um, we work with various community organizations like food pantries and soup kitchens, um, have noticed an uptick in need. So they're having a lot more clients come to the food pantries in search of food. Because a lot of people have lost their job, especially if you work in the hospitality or the food restaurant industry. Um, So we've seen a lot of increased need, and thankfully, our community is also rallying behind us, and we've also seen an increase in donations, which is what we need to help feed our community. So uh, donations of food and uh, monetary donations really help us reach um, our community members in need. Well, it's so great that we have an organization like Operation Food Search here, and I mean, obviously, across the country, too, 
there are different outlets for people to go to. So just make sure that you are reaching out, checking on your neighbors, make sure that if, you know, they need help, you send them to the right place. And I'll have details also in the show notes at jilldevine.com so that you can get some information there. Now let's go pivot back to kids. Oh, Carmen. Oh, Carmen. (laughs) I don't know what to do with my oldest. Okay. So before I ask my questions about her, I, in the email that I referred to at the beginning of this podcast, you went into great detail about the number of things that I can do to help her and help her get engaged with food. Will you talk first about the um, the hands-on kids cooking course where the little girl talked about mushrooms? I gave the example of like why I really think cooking, like kids when they're cooking in the kitchen, it really opens their mind to try new foods. Um, and the example that immediately comes to my mind, and I love telling a lot of people this story because it's just so cute. Um, I was leading one of the hands-on cooking courses. This was obviously pre-pandemic, but um, we were making a stir fry. So the kids are all chopping all the veggies. Uh, we made our own sauce and cooked our brown rice. And one of the girls in the class, like she literally stood up out of her chair and was so excited and shouted (laughs) out, I never knew I liked mushrooms. And it was um, one of the most uh, memorable things that I've ever remembered. And she always talked about how mushrooms were like slimy and gross. And um, but a lot of times, like if kids are really only exposed to like mushrooms on a frozen pizza, it could be like the the canned mushrooms. And we were using fresh mushrooms that day. Um, So she was seeing it and chopping it and then cooking it and um, was more excited to try it versus um, in the past. And as a dietitian, that really warms my heart. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Okay. You try to have every kid try one bite. And this is where we're struggling. And we... (laughs) This happened the other night and I and I told my husband, I said, Brian, I am talking to this woman coming up and I'm going to ask her what we do because we were like Googling because I, I was reading the email to him and I said, we need Lou to just try like that's what we need to do. We want her to try. So what was it that we had made? Um... I think it was a vegetable soup and I'm pretty sure she's had it before, but on this particular day for dinner, you know, we said, hey, we're making vegetable soup. Is that okay? And she said, yes. And I told Brian, I said, I know she's going to freak out when she sees it. So we all were just very, very patient. And of course, the youngest one, she's diving in and we had the bowl and we just all started talking and Lou looked at it and she said, no, I don't want this. And we said, well, you, you've had it before. It's a vegetable soup. You like it? No. And I said, well, why don't you just try one bite? And if you don't like it, we'll make you something else. And she said, no, I don't, I don't want to try it. I don't like it. And we said, well, you don't know if you don't like it, if you haven't tried it. And we kept on that. And then we thought maybe we are pushing her too much, but how do we get her to try? And so then Um, I think another couple nights had passed and she had asked for something. I don't even know what it was. And then she wouldn't try it. 
And we kept telling her, we're like, you don't know if you like it unless you try it. And then we just kind of felt defeated. Like we don't want to push her and we don't want to cause damage. (laughs) She'll be scarred to eat food. But how do we get her to even just try something? Yeah, we have that struggle a lot in our classes because even when I always say like um, cooking, like kids are very involved. There's still kids that are just aren't willing to try it. Um, And you really don't want to just keep pushing it because that can really backfire. Um, So if anything, it's continuing to offer um, being a good role model is key. But one thing that we found is that we have like a rule in our class where it's like um, everybody has to try one bite. And that's just um, a class rule. And we implement the rules at the beginning of the class. And it's things like be respectful to others and um, be safe, like with our equipment. And then um, one is like be adventurous. So it's like being open to trying things. Um, And we have something that we call like the no yuck rule or don't yuck my yum. Because we don't want one of the kids to take a bite of the food and be like, oh, this is yucky. And then everybody in the Mm. whole class is like, oh, yeah, this is yucky. So just because you don't like it doesn't mean somebody else doesn't like it. So you don't want to be, um, I guess, rude to other people and their opinions. That's kind of how we describe it. So um, thinking of other adjectives to describe why they don't like something is another big thing that we use in the class. So we actually have this like huge poster board with like a ton of different adjectives on it, like slimy and sticky and chewy and salty and also like positive ad- adjectives as well, like delicious and um, earthy. And we just try to think of a, like a lot of ways to describe um, food. And if somebody's like, I don't like this, we always ask them, well, why don't you like it? Can you describe why you don't like it? Um, and that's kind of like a learning curve for them too. Instead of just like immediately going to like gross or yucky, um, they can really use different words like, well, I don't like the texture of it. It's too sticky or it's too saucy or salty or whatever. Um, And they kind of are empowered then with their own opinion, but not just immediately saying gross kind of thing. So what do I do if, okay, so if, if she sees the vegetable soup and she says, I don't like it and she doesn't want to try it, do we say, well, why don't you like it? Yeah. So asking her and having a conversation about it, Instead of just continuously saying, we'll try it, keep trying it, or um, that's what we're eating today. But it's asking why, Um, because maybe maybe she's really not hungry, or um, maybe she doesn't like the smell of it or something. Like, it's it's hard to really know without asking and really giving them that feeling of they're in control, um, because at when they're young, they're trying to learn who they are and learn when they can be um, making decisions for themselves um, and kind of trying to be in control sometimes. Um, So it's really allowing them to still have that while still encouraging and um, having, being a good role model um, is really key. I did notice that on that initial social media post that I referred to at the very beginning of this podcast and how you and I even got connected, somebody else had wrote, oh, why don't you get her some of the kids' kitchen knives? And she sent me a link to where she bought it for her daughter, and she said it worked really well. So we did that. We bought those, and I love to make 
um, some homemade pico de gallo. And it was actually the day that we made that, I made it with the recipe you sent me for the turkey tacos. So anyway, I'm probably not the best person to teach my daughter about cutting tomatoes because or anything, because I definitely did not have a lot of patience, but I was more worried. I was more scared. I'm like, why aren't you listening to me? You got to keep the blade down. Anyway, she did a great job cutting and she actually, once we sat down for dinner and had the Pico, she said, oh, can I try some of those tomatoes that I cut? And she just licked it. And that was it. And she did, it wasn't for her. But I was very proud that she did that. And she and she is interested sometimes. And she says, I want to help. I want to help. And I'm trying to involve her more in that. Um, but the other thing with those turkey tacos, one of the things that you you talk about and the email you sent me, <laughs> I love it. The stealth nutrition, <laughs> where basically <laughs> you put things into things and they're not supposed to know about it. Well, here's the other complication. <laughs> she will not eat mac and cheese anymore because we snuck broccoli in it one time and she could see it. And so now she says she does not like mac and cheese. Carmen, <laughs> what <laughs> is going on with my child? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this should work, right? <laughs> it sounds like she's just at a stage right now where she's okay, being very picky. Um, so it's really you do have to be patient. Um, okay, <laughs> but like how you said, when she licked the tomato after chopping it, that's one way. Like especially like how you mentioned she wasn't eating the vegetable soup. That mm -hmm. maybe she could have chopped, like if you had carrots in it or something, those child safety knives will chop through very tough vegetables too. And they're amazing that they really don't cut through skin at all. So even if they're oh, not good. chopping perfectly or not chopping in the safest manner, those knives really are safe because they are just a plastic knife. Um, okay. So I can like chill out a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is that your nice way of saying you just chill out, Jill? <laughs> we use those knives all the time in our classes because oh, okay, good to know. They're like they're they're young and they've never used a knife before. Um, so for a lot of our classes, we at least start with the child safety knives, and if they're very okay. confident and very safe, then we'll actually move up to a real chef knife towards the end of the six week course. Um, but that's not all of the classes. So it's just some of them, but they really are safe. Um, okay. Also not being particular with how it's cut. So some, some of our kids are very like, these must be a perfect square and others are just chopping like maniacs. So it's just letting them kind of explore and they're learning something. They're having this cool experience where they're touching different things and um, being able to use their imagination and chop different shapes and just letting them kind of be um, as a type A person and um, self-diagnosed OCD. It's hard to let go, but it's fun. Yes. Also. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, can you feel the anxiety building up in my system when you were like, just let them chop? I'm like, oh, I know I'm trying. I know I, I kept I kept waiting for my husband when we were when I was doing this with her to come in and be like, all right, I got this. And then I kept making like little side comments, like maybe your dad should teach you how to chop things. <laughs> I'm like, I need to just let it go. Um, okay. No, I, that does, I think it was more the knife and that's probably because of my confidence in the kitchen. And I have been open about that. Like I, 
am learning and I am becoming more confident in the kitchen, I'm definitely not anywhere where I want to be. But and that's probably what it is. Like I'm scared to use a knife myself. So when I see my daughter just going like waving the knife around like, hey, she, you know, thinks she's doing a YouTube video. I'm like, oh my gosh, put the knife down. <laughs> put the knife down. I promise Carmen I will be a little bit better about that. And there's um, other things that she can do like without a knife, like tearing, like if you have spinach or something, like tearing it with um, her hands. Um, or if okay. you're making like a, a cheesecake or something, mashing the graham crackers, like putting them in a bag and mashing with your hands or using a rolling pin and smashing it. Um, measuring different ingredients, like with a measuring spoon, um, measuring cups, stirring things, dumping things in. Like there's a lot of things that kids really can help with. And it's just really kind of seeing where in the recipe they can help. Okay. I'm going to try to do more of that and have her get involved. Back to the stealth nutrition, would you give a couple of examples so the listener knows exactly what you're talking about? Yeah. So for stealth nutrition, I say, I call it stealth nutrition because it's really sneaking in veggies in yeah. various recipes. <laughs> Unless um, you're my daughter. <laughs> See it. Anyway. You, you know, it's sneaky. So, um, but I, I will, wonder, I do want to say that this should be a last resort um, as in the sense that it shouldn't be like your only strategy. Because it is important for picky eaters okay. to see and experience the veggies that they're eating. Because if they never know that they're eating the vegetable, how do they know they even like them? But it's still like a great way to incorporate a wide variety into the diet. Um, I, I do it just because my husband doesn't like as many vegetables as I do. Um, but some examples. You're doing it with the, uh, the older <laughs> child. <Yeah>. Nice job. <laughs> Like my nine-month-old eats all the vegetables. Right. Um, but some of the self-nutrition ideas, um, you can make, like when you're making like a spaghetti sauce, tomato sauce really hides vegetables really well. So you can like shred or dice vegetables, like taking a carrot or a zucchini and shred it. Um, you can see those slightly, but when they're shredded and they tend to cook down pretty well, they're, they kind of hide very nicely. But you can also use like an immersion blender or like a, an actual blender to completely hide it if you'd like. Um, like carrots and sweet potatoes actually add really nice sweetness to um, a tomato sauce. So okay. instead of adding like brown sugar to your sauce, adding like carrots or sweet potatoes adds natural sweetness. Um, even like smoothies. So like if kids like smoothies, we often blend spinach into our smoothies. In a lot of our kids' classes, we've actually made a green smoothie. So it's very visual that spinach is in there. And has spinach and pineapple, bananas and grapes. But um, if with picky eaters, hiding it with like a frozen mixed berry blend completely hides the spinach. Like you can't see it at all. Um, but spinach in general cooks down very small. So like if you're adding it to a soup or a stir fry or casserole, I tend to shred it or rip it up into small pieces and it almost kind of disappears in there. And it kind of just looks like little flecks of like herbs or something if you cut it up pretty small. Um, and then something that I call like a meat extender. Um, it's a way to boost flavor and the nutrients in the dish, um, but it also saves money because animal proteins tend to be a very expensive, mm -hmm. um, most expensive part of my grocery bill usually. Yep. Like mushrooms cook up very similar to like a ground meat. So I'll roughly chop them or I'll blend them really quickly in a food processor and it almost looks like meat crumbles already. 
And then you kind of cook them with the ground beef and they just really disappear. Cause like, you know, mushrooms tend to shrink up a lot when they're cooking. Yeah. Um, so they really disappear and you can use like a half a pound of ground beef and really extend it to like a whole full pound with the mushrooms. And same with lentils. They cook up the same way. Um, they're similar in color and texture. If you get like the green or the tan lentils um, and they cook up um, really nicely and really hide in there. So um, when I make tacos, I usually end up adding mushrooms or even like canned beans um, to our taco meat. Even like for refried beans, they're kind of like smushy. They kind of hide nicely in taco meat as well. I love that idea. I am going to post some of these ideas that you had um, sent to me through the email. I'll put them in the show notes for this episode at chilldivine.com, along with the information on your live episodes, Cooking with Carmen. Before I let you go, any last minute things that you want to discuss or maybe give out to the listener when it comes to their kids and nutrition? Um, I like how I said is kind of always be like open to exploring things and use it as the opportunity to learn from your from your kids as well. So like if you take them to the grocery store, kind of watch how they kind of explore their surroundings and it's different than how you would shop. Um, so you do have to be patient, um, plan on being there a little longer than you normally would be. Um, but if you're at like a farmer's market or the grocery store, um, allowing them to choose different foods can really open your eyes to even trying something new yourself. Um, but letting them kind of explore is really cool um, to see kind of life from their eyes. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I sometimes get frustrated if Lou is like, oh, I want it. I want that. And I'll buy it. And then she won't try it or she'll try it. I mean, I, I need to know that if she tries something, she tried it. That's a big, huge step. And I also need to realize that I need to be patient, that this could just be a, a just a time right now and it'll get better. I mean, I hope it will get better. And I understand, too, though, that sometimes kids are just picky and it lasts for a long time. But I... I need to make sure that we continue to offer her lots of different things, involve her more, and just know that eventually she might try something. Yes, it's definitely key to be patient. A lot of kids go through these phases um, multiple times sometimes. Well, they'll just eat like starchy foods or just eat like very specific foods. Um, But again, it's just keep offering food. And really don't make a big deal if they don't want to eat it or don't want to um, even try it. But asking them, like having conversations about the food and um, continuing to eat as a family and being a good role model yourself um, and talking about how you enjoy it and using different adjectives to describe why you're liking it um, and just keeping the conversation positive around food. Well, thank you so much. I mean, it just started from the email you sent me all the way through this conversation. You can tell how passionate you are about this and just so warm and welcoming. I mean, again, that email, people are like, gosh, Jill, the email you keep talking about. It It just really (laughs) meant a lot to me because this is my child and this is our family. And for a complete stranger to just say, hey, here's how I can help. it, It really did mean a lot. So thank you again. 
I'm happy to help. Um, um, thank you so much for all your kind words. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and if you're feeling really generous, write me a review. And don't forget to join me next week for a new episode of Two Kids and a Career.